You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. A perfect Saturday to just stay inside and listen to the radio, right? And you would have to say, over the last two weeks, we've kind of argued which weekend is the best weekend of NFL football. Is it wild card weekend? Well, the games this year kind of took that out of the mix. Last weekend's games were absolutely sensational. That Bills-Chiefs game, as great a playoff game as you will ever see. I think you have to say that this is already by far the worst weekend in the NFL. The worst? Gordon, it's, it's conference championship weekend. No, it's the worst. Last Saturday, last weekend, I was sitting on my couch in my pajamas watching football. My jam jams, if you will. I like to refer to them as my jam jams. 51-year-old man referring to him as his jam jams. This Saturday, no football, and I've already replaced the football portion of my Saturday with shoveling snow. That's a terrible trade. That's the Mets dealing away Nolan Ryan. That's Herschel Walker to the Vikings. Oof, that was terrible. Hated that. But back inside now, nice, comfy, cozy, and we have each other to keep us busy. These next three hours, of course, this is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. You can find me on Twitter at Gordon Damer, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. The number, of course, you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. But most importantly, you can find me right here on your radio until uh, 6 o'clock tonight. Three big hours. Now, we were supposed to have, we were supposed to be following Islander hockey, but the Islander game postponed because of snow. Hockey players getting postponed because of snow. Come on, you guys are hockey players. You should have been able to figure it out. But no, apparently not. But that gives us more time together. And uh, look, we need it. We need every once in a while you get ready to do a show on a weekend like today and you line up what you're going to talk about. And we're going to get into all of it over the next three hours between the Giants hiring their new head coach and how giant fans, boy, they make me laugh listening to them on a regular basis. If you actually listen to what they say, they make me laugh. We'll get into the Knicks issues, which are substantial. And we'll uh, touch on the Hall of Fame thing because people are just giant hypocrites who are big, fat liars. And I'll point out why coming up. But, you know, I lined up what the show was supposed to be today, what I thought we would be talking about at 1-800-919-ESPN. But the beauty of live radio is that sometimes things come along that uh, steal the spotlight, steal the headlines. And today, this is about as big a headline as there will be in the course of 2022, who knows how 2022 will play out in the uh, sports world, but hard to imagine there will be a bigger headline at any point this year than the headline that came from Adam Schefter a little while ago. And that is that after 22 seasons, Tom Brady is retiring. And there were some murmurs after the game last week about his family and his family, what he had to do uh, in terms of his future. But I got to say, I am, I'm shocked. I don't think I've ever been gobsmacked before, but I, I think I now know what gobsmacked means. Because seeing the headline on ESPN.com, it, uh, it throws you. Because after 22 seasons, Tom Brady is walking away. And I don't think that there's any doubt that he is the greatest quarterback of all time. A 22-year career. If we were to put an ad in the paper... And the ad, a want ad, wanted ad, for a great quarterback. We are looking for the best quarterback that is alive. The best quarterback that has existed. And someone showed up with a resume that featured 
seven Super Bowl championships. I don't think I think you could just put that on the resume. Your name, your phone number, so we can get in touch with you, and seven-time Super Bowl champion. Five-time Super Bowl MVP. I think you I don't even think you need to waste any more ink. But if you wanted to, you could say three-time NFL MVP, a 15-time Pro Bowler, a six-time All-Pro, All-Pro, that's different. That's big. Pro Bowl, that's not that big. All-Pro is big. He's the all-time leader in passing yards. He's the most uh, touchdown passes, the most career wins, which is not specifically a quarterback stat, but still, he was the quarterback on that team. And if we all say that quarterback is the most important position and you just happen to have the most wins as the quarterback, well, that's saying something in, in your favor. Never a, def- uh, never a decline phase. Sometimes the hardest thing for any superstar athlete is to deal with the realities of father time. And Tom Brady owned father time because he walks away at the age of 44 after a season in which he led the NFL in passing yards and passing touchdowns. And while the betting markets were very heavily in favor of Aaron Rodgers, I don't know at what point the votes come in for NFL MVP. I don't know if they are still uh, votes that are outstanding. I don't know if they've already had to have been handed in at this point. But I would think if there's any outstanding votes now that there would be a push for Tom Brady to win another NFL MVP this year. And the fact that he played 22 seasons in a league where the average career, is the average career like a year and a half or something like that or two years for the average player in the NFL? And here is a guy that played 22 years. And I think my favorite little tidbit about how long Tom Brady played is this. Tom Brady came in, his first year was 2000. Asante Samuel, senior, came into the league three years after Tom Brady. His career ended. Tom Brady continued and continued so long that Brady this past year played in Asante Samuel Jr.'s rookie season. So that's a long time in a sport that um, you generally don't get a long career. So uh, certainly, if you have thoughts about Tom Brady, want to get into it, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Again, the news, Tom Brady retiring. And uh, I-, I don't know what else to say outside of the fact that there is a part of me, and I would say it's most of me, that is happy that to not have to worry about seeing Tom Brady again. Like, we were joking on the, uh, the nighttime show, Larry and I, and I've pointed out I wanted Tom Brady out. I could not deal with Tom Brady, another Super Bowl, another playoff run, more success. I can't deal with it. I've seen it all before. I can't take it anymore. It's been done to death. But the guy just kept winning and winning and winning. And I really couldn't have possibly have dealt with the, the possibility of a Tom Brady Super Bowl against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. That would have driven me insane. I would have had to leave not just my place of business. I would have had to have left my identity. I would have had to have faked my own death and gone off somewhere off the grid because I would not have dealt with coverage of that for two solid weeks. It It would have broken me. Even the thought of it kind of breaks me right now. So there's a part of me, a large part of me, that is that is grateful that, oh, thank God, I don't have to deal with this anymore. But I got to be honest. Not having the big bad wolf to be staring at and, and, and screaming about time and time again as we've spent the last 22 years screaming about Tom Brady and the Patriots, now with the Buccaneers, uh, 
There's party that's going to miss that. There's party that's going to miss that. And now that he is retiring after 20, 22 seasons, it's just crazy. And I don't know how anyone anywhere cannot look at, I mean, look at that resume. 10 Super Bowl appearances. 10 Super Bowl appearances, seven wins, five-time Super Bowl MVP. And uh, I think it's safe to say we will never see – I mean, there'll be other quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is sensational. Uh, What what we watched Josh Allen do last week, some of the younger guys coming up in the league, be it uh, Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, it's going to be a very long time. It's, it's kind of inconceivable to think that anyone will ever match those numbers. And I would think that it's not even going to be an argument. I would say that for sure, but I lived through Michael Jordan, and it's, it's kind of the same feeling that I have right now. That, I, okay, I have now seen the best at that position in that sport. Nobody will ever match that. And, of course, now we have people that are trying to claim that LeBron has done this better, he's done that better, he's, he's better at this, he's, his resume is more impressive than Jordan's, which I don't agree with, and I don't think anybody's going to come close to matching Tom Brady. I'll tell you this, it's going to take a very long time before anyone can even constru- can construct an argument about anyone matching that resume. All right, so 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, we'll get your phone calls involved. We'll get in on the Giants because they now have a new head coach in Brian Dable. And I got to be honest with you, Giant fans, you, you kind of make me laugh. You kind of make me laugh. I, now, part of this job, which I love, is talking to the Giant fans. And I'm not a Giant fan, but all year, all I've heard is complaint after complaint after complaint about not just how bad it is, because it was terrible. They were terrible this year. The season was over basically when it began. But all I have heard ad nauseum has been about how the organization is broken, how the, 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 the franchise and ownership is broken. They have broken their trust. They cannot be trusted. They cannot be believed with what they say. And then they go out and do exactly what we all thought they were going to do, and everybody's right back on board. So we'll get into the Giants hiring of Brian Dable coming up, what it means, what it doesn't mean, because there's a lot of people I think that are getting that wrong. We'll take your phone calls, 1-800-919-ESPN. We'll get into Tom Brady's retirement. In case you're just joining us, Tom Brady stepping away after 22 seasons on the story from Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington. It's all coming up right here on the Gordon Damer Show. I don't know where they get the... um, the, the nicknames. I don't know how what the process is to confirm whether or not players have actually been using these nicknames. I have never once heard Tom Brady referred to as the Pharaoh. Has anyone ever called him the Pharaoh? Now, TB12, clearly. Tom, terrific. I know he wanted to try to, uh, what was it? The, he wanted to, um, what's the term you use? Sy- not syndicate. Copyright. He wanted to copyright Tom Terrific as his nickname and all the Met fans. How dare you? You know, because of Tom Seaver. Touchdown Tom. Okay, maybe. Goat, that's fair. But they have him listed as the Pharaoh. I don't think I've ever, and I love, I've watched a ton of Tom Brady games. I've never heard one analyst, play-by-play guy, say there's another touchdown pass from the Pharaoh. But that's not the point I wanted to make. The point I wanted to make was, You know, the first half, or maybe the first third of Brady's career, he won Super Bowls, he was a good quarterback, 
But then at the age of 30, I guess it's the, the changing of the rules, changing the overall roster because it, it, in 2007 they get Randy Moss. His numbers just took such a, a jump forward. Like before he reached the age of 30, he led the league in t- uh, passing touchdowns once with 28. That was in his second season of playing, his third season in the league. And he also led the NFL in passing yards once, 2005, 4,000 yards, 41-10. And he came in, he was the MVP uh, third in the voting that year. But then in 2007, they get Moss, and it's just hyperdrive from that point forward. His completion percentage, his yards, his touch to everything, just jump forward. 2007, and that was when he was 30 years old. So you think, all right, he's a 30-year-old player. It's established what he is. No, he, uh, he took a, a major jump forward. 2007 completed 69% of his passes, 4,800 yards, which led the league, 50 touchdowns, everything, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year. And then from that point on, 2010, 36 touchdown passes. 2011, 39, 34. 2013, he only threw 25, even though he did start every game. Interesting. But from that point on, he was a far more effective. And I guess that's just the rule changes, overall talent, knowing the league, knowing himself, and everything else, but, um, I mean, just what a career. What an absolute uh, amazing career for Tom Brady. So, in case you're just joining us, Tom Brady, he has not announced his retirement, but uh, that is what is being reported by uh, Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington. So, I'm guessing that they have it from a fairly reliable source. All right, let's get some phone calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Let's start off with uh, Alex in uh, New Jersey. Alex, you're first up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Alex. I'm doing well. Can't believe next year is going to be my the first se- season I ever see football without Tom Brady. I have never seen a quarterback as talented as him, and I break his career down into four phases. 01 to 04, when he won three Super Bowls in four years. Then 05 to 2013, when he didn't win at all, you know, he lost two heartbreakers to the Giants in about three AFC championship games. Then 2014 to 2019, when he went to the Super Bowl four out of six years, winning three, and then the two years in Tampa, and he got a Super Bowl last year with them, and no one really ever expected that. And to see a quarterback at the age of 44 just lead the league in passing yards and passing TDs, it's just amazing because, look, he came from nowhere. He was nobody when he came. When, you know, prior to 01, the Patriots, I think they had just committed a new 10-year contract to Drew Bledsoe, and then he, Bledsoe gets hurt and Brady takes over. The rest is history. And to even, you know, be throwing 50 touchdown passes starting at the age of 30 and just keep throwing 30, 40 a year is just uh, uh, remarkable. No, absolutely, Alex. Thanks for the phone call. I, you know, I wouldn't say he's the most uh, individually talented, you know, like in terms of actual physical ability, but what does it matter? <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have to run around. He doesn't have to throw uh, the ball 50. You know, he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, but he, he was incredibly accurate. And in terms of, I don't know how you would make the argument he's not the greatest quarterback of all time. It's funny. I have the reputation. You know, people hammer me. Oh, you just say things to get people riled up. You just say things to be the contrarian. I don't know how you would say that Tom Brady's not the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, Like, again, if you were putting an ad in the paper and people showed up with their individual attributes, all you would have to say is, well, uh, you know, what I have going for me is I've, I've won seven Super Bowls. I've been the MVP of the game five times. And I might very well soon be a four-time NFL MVP. 
that seems like a pretty, I don't know, it seems like a pretty strong case. That seems like a pretty strong case. Nick in New Jersey. Nick, you're next up on ESPN New York. Yo, what's up, guys? Hey, yeah, for sure. You got it. I I agree 110%. Tom Grady is the greatest of all time. I've grown up watching football my whole entire life. I've been born in 1997, and every time being a Jets fan, this, this, this man's basically ruined my childhood. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I, the Jets had more I to do with own... ruining your childhood than, than Brady. I mean, he had a hand in it. He was on the other side, but, you know. Yeah, for sure. But I, I think the tipping point in the career where uh, we really recognized he was the greatest of all time was the comeback of the uh, against the Falcons. But that was when I'm like, wow, yeah, this this man is the yeah, GOAT. It's, what do you that think? Was I, mean, yeah. I think that's when we all realized – yeah, I, yeah, I think it was probably yeah, Nick. I hear what you're saying. I think it was probably before that. I don't know that there was an individual specific moment that I said, you know, this guy is clearly um, the, the greatest quarterback of all time. And, and again, I, I think that there have been other quarterbacks. Like if you were just going by physical ability, um, there were other guys that maybe physically wise, but nobody got more out of a career. And that's what it's about. Uh, what did you get out of your career? And sure, football is a weird sport that there's so many people involved. But if we're all saying that quarterback is by far the most important position, not just in football, but in any sport, that that's the most important not position that any team can have. but mentally. What's that? I, I agree. Not even physically. You know, I don't think he had the physical aspect right. growing up. But, but mentally, you know, that man was so strong. He's like, I'm going to beat out Drew Bledsoe. Uh, I, and he went on to win the Super Bowl that year, you know, I just – his mental ability to come back, you see him on the sideline. I think that's another aspect that made him one of the greatest. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, uh, Nick, thanks for the phone call. Uh, you know, you just kind of wonder if they had not won the Super Bowl last year, would he? Because originally, when he said that he wanted to play to the age of 45, I think we all kind of snickered. I know I did. Yeah, okay, Tom, you're going to play to 45, right? Sure, you are, buddy. And he's now 44. And I just wonder if he had not won the Super Bowl last year. If that led him to feel like, you know what, I, I did want, I won one even outside of New England. And how many great players never won any Super Bowl? First year out of New England, he goes and wins a Super Bowl with the, uh, with the, the Buccaneers. And then this year, uh, look, they were kind of getting destroyed in that game. He led the comeback. They come up short. Maybe he felt like, you know what, I'm satisfied with my career at this point. I can walk away and not make it to the age of 45. Uh, because uh, of what I've accomplished last year in terms of a team accomplishment, winning the Super Bowl, and then this year, again, leading the NFL in passing yards, touchdowns, another uh, incredible <laughs> year that anybody would sign up for uh, from their quarterback. At the age of 44, no, n- n- I mean, that's just that's insane. Like, if you came up with that as a script in a movie, people like, this is ridiculous. This guy's 44 years old. We're going to have him lead the league. we we got to rewrite that. That's That's ridiculous. That's silly. And this year, he threw more passing yards this year than in any other year of his career, I believe. Let me just check that to make sure. I think I remember that. Uh, yeah, 5,316 yards this year. That's the most that he's ever had in a single season. Oh, yeah, right. They had the extra game. I'm stupid. Never mind. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go out to, uh, let's see here, uh, Ira. Ira in Staten Island. You're next up on ESPN New York. Hey, what's happening, Gordon? How are hey, you? Hey, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. So, yeah, just just an amazing career. 
And you know what? I've been lucky enough to go back. You know, I saw United play at the end of his career. And, you know, through the 60s and Namath and Marino and Elway and Kelly and go on Montana and go on and on and on. But, man, what, what he accomplished, man, it just it would be hard-pressed. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to match our seven, seven Super Bowl wins. I, I, I just don't <laughs> see it. It's even, outlandish even, to even say it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even if even if Mahomes wins one this year, what's that, two? I mean, do you see him winning another five? I don't. It's, it's a long so, way uh, to go, right? A lot's going to change in those five years. Just just amazing. And, and just to think about it, you know, we all get excited. You know, I'll call you. I'll call other shows on ESPN. And we talk about the draft and, oh, five quarterbacks in the top ten. These guys are going to be stars. And just think about it. This guy was a sixth-round pick. Just in that, a sixth. That's what makes the whole story remarkable is that so many teams pass on him to the end of the sixth round. And the Patriots, they got lucky, and the kid was a star. And you know what? Uh, as much as uh, he killed my Jets for years, um, what he accomplished, I, I give him credit and uh, good for him. Yeah, no, absolutely, Ira. And, and look, it's part of me that I, I do feel like with uh, all the coverage uh, of, of Brady and his greatness, it's overkill. And, 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 and while the season was going on, I'm like, oh, I just can't take this guy anymore. But, you know, sports is about heroes and it's about villains. And having that villain to root against, Tom Brady was that villain. If your team was going – if you were not rooting for the Patriots or in the last couple of years, the Buccaneers, he was that villain that you wanted, you wanted to see fail. And uh, not having – I'm sure there will be a part where, you know, down the road next year rolls around, not having Tom Brady to kick around, uh, you'll feel a little bit like, eh. Yeah. I, I, don't, I won't necessarily miss him because he would always kill my team, but it was, it was cool to be able to be alive when he was playing and, and as excellent as he was. So, uh, and I was just Absolutely. Too- and you know what? Just to accomplish what he did just now at the age of 44, I yeah. mean, I think about also, whether it's hoops or baseball or whatever, you know, to put up a performance at that age at any sport, any it's sport. a major accomplishment. And uh, that's why I think, you know what, he did the smart thing to run out on a, on a high note. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely, Ira, and thanks for the phone call. Because, you know, you come back next year, who knows? I mean, it gets diff- it's hard to have success every single year. And then for- being at the age of 45, he's been incredibly durable outside of that one year where he, he got the knee. Was that 2008, 2009, somewhere around there? Um, you never know what happens next year. You know, to have the, the, the team success he had in year one and then the individual player success and team success, right? What were they – uh, Twelve and five this year, thirteen and four, whatever they were. I, I don't think you could write a better ending than that. You know, walking away, walking away on top, walking away on a high note like George Costanza. It's tough to uh, be any of it. And, and here's, I just was doing a little bit of math. And again, my math is always a little bit questionable. But if my math is to be believed, this is Super Bowl Fifty Six we're going up on, right? Tom Brady has won twelve point five percent of all the Super Bowls that have ever been played. I don't know. I feel like I feel like that's really good. Maybe it's just me. All right, let's go back to the phone, shall we? 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Uh, Buddha is in the Bronx. Buddha, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon, listen. If I would have known all it needed to take to get Tom Brady retired would have been A.B., I would have put him on the page 10 years ago. <laughs> Did <laughs> you see Antonio Brown in that Real Sports interview? He's sitting with his lawyer. He just keeps saying to the lawyer, you tell him, you tell him, tell him what happened, tell him. Oh, my God, that, that lawyer is earning his pay, I'll tell you that right now. 
Yeah, well, you won't see that young man in the NFL after that. <laughs> Don't no, you know what? Uh, never say never. He's already making the pitch to the Ravens, and I'm sure Lamar yeah, Jackson. He train. I think he trains with Lamar Jackson or something like that. I'm sure Lamar Jackson say, "Hey, you know, we could bring him in. He'll be on his best behavior. He's my guy." Deal with the devil. But go know. ahead, Buddha. What, I, think what do you the, I think the league might do a wink, wink with them on that one. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. might. They might do that. <laughs> they might do that. You know, um. I got to say something about Tim. But real quick, with the last thing I say with Brady, you know, um, I got a lot of respect for him, man. You know, like he kept the division relevant for years, you know, with, with all the teams that were bad. All three of the other teams were bad, quite honestly. You know, but I do understand that debate, especially like what the OGs have. You know, I, I can see a case where you can make, say, you know, him, Montana, United, they're pretty much equal, and they're just, you know, Great, their greatness might be, you know, attached to the time that they played. I mean, United, I think he was the creator of the two-minute drill and was throwing the ball a, a ridiculous amount of times when they weren't even doing that back then. Then with Montana, you know, he's got the perfection in terms of Super Bowls. But with the, both of those guys, the rule changes are very significant from the time that Brady played. So, you know, you got to take that into account a little bit. But I ain't got no problem with anybody saying, you know, either one of them is the greatest, you know, to be quite honest with you, Mark. Well, but, I mean, uh, look, Montana being 4-0 in Super Bowls, Brady's gone to 10 of them. You know what I mean? Like, Brady went, uh, Montana went to four of them, which is great, and it's great that you're 4-0, but I think that there is some value in, in, in going to 10 of them and winning seven of them. So I get what you're saying, like the stats, it, it's all kind of tied to the era and, and was passing was much easier in Brady's right? time, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I think a lot of Super Bowls though. to go you know to I mean? 10. I think it was harder, not just with the rule changes, but, you know, there were a lot of different dynasties at that time. You understand what I'm talking about? Like, the competition yeah. was a little bit better. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, it was, you know, either way. You know, I, I can't fault you for thinking that. You know, but, but listen, real quick, man, with your, with your boy Tibbs, you know, last night. Well, you know, wait, wait, well, how is he my boy, Tibbs? How did, how did I get ownership of Tibbs? <laughs> He's just a figure. No, I know. You, you, you're setting me up here. I, I know what you're saying. I'm not setting you up. Not at all. This has nothing to do with you. Not, listen, you've been one of the more honest and fair with people on the station, you know, that have been critical of the moves that he's made. I, but, I mean, I don't know, you know, did you see the, the, the forget about the game, you know, the game was what it was. But in the post-conference, before they're talking to him, you could see in his face, I mean, like, he's, he's not doing well. And, you know, it was a part of me that sort of felt bad for him a little bit last night, which is weird. But, you know, like, I don't understand what he's thinking. You know, what he's doing... And the way that these things are playing out this year, and like what calls have said, you know, that he doesn't hold Randall accountable. You see him yelling at this guy, yelling at that guy. You know, if I was him, I would go to management. And I'll tell him, honestly, look, we're not going anywhere this year. Um, I need you to give me the full carte blanche pass to do the young people's thing. And, you know, behind closed doors, he doesn't have to admit to it. But he needs to say to him, listen, we got to facilitate you have to facilitate a trade for Randall, and it's not going to be anything equal. You just got you to you gotta take that one on the chin because if he doesn't, you know, I don't care what kind of deal they gave him. They're going to let him go after this year. It will be smarter but, for him. But, but, but Buddha, what's pennies on the dollar? Like, what is, what is pennies on the dollar in a trade for Julius Randall look like? I mean, I don't know who's available. It's going to be, have to be somebody who either had some kind of an issue or a group of players who are really not, you know, they're, they're not much. But you just, I, I'm telling you, when they come back to the garden, 
you know how ugly it's about to get? It's about to get real ugly. And it will buy him time. It's sort of like when a football coach takes over, right? And he's got a young guy. And he plays the young guy. And, you know, the young guy, they're not going to win the same game. That quarterback I'm talking about. They're not going to win the same game, but it buys him time. It's like, okay, let's see if he can develop this guy. If they keep on like this, I'm telling you, it seems like they're going to give him next year and the year after. They're going to fire him after this year, bro. After this year? They're going to fire him after this year, bro. Uh, I don't think. Uh, Buddha, uh, well, look, we'll, we'll keep that in mind, and we'll see what, what takes place. Uh, and I'll have some Nick thoughts coming up a little bit later in the show. Thanks for the call, Buddha. I, don't, I would be very, very surprised. You, they, this regime wanted to kind of establish just some respectability, and I know it's not great right now, and this is not what you would think of respectability. But between last year, keep in mind where they were before Leon Rose got here. Keep in mind where they were before Tibbs got here. I know this is not what anybody wanted, but it's better than what it was. And they haven't – at some point, they're going to have to make their big swing at something, at someone. They haven't made that big swing yet. They haven't made that big swing yet. And I just think that right now, ownership just does not want to be as bad as they were before. And I think they're going to give them time. And I would give them time. You know, with other coaches, when you fire them after a couple of years – I, I think generally it's not just that they have a bad roster or a bad team and they're not getting anything out of them. There's a question about whether or not they're a good coach, whether they're a credible coach. Tibbs is a credible coach. He proved that last year that he's a credible coach. He has a resume. And it's just right now it's, it's just not a very good mix of players. It's not a very talented roster. And it's going to take time. When, when you talk about rebuild, it doesn't happen fast. It doesn't happen quickly. 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone. Up. Mike and Rockland might have hit on – one athlete that we did not think of that retired early still could have continued to be successful but walked out on top. Mike, what you got? Hey, Gordon, how are you today? I'm good, man. What do you got? So, uh, you know, Richard seems to play by his rules, and I get why he doesn't want to include Sanders. Sort of had me thinking a little extra just to prove him wrong, and I think he went after you a little bit, but I know you guys are cool with that. John Cena. How could anybody forget John Cena? John Cena, of course. Why, why, why was I not thinking John of that? Cena. There you I go. Know, well, how many how many times did John Cena win the title? I'm a little bit out of the uh, the wrestling game. Well, I think it was at least clear-cut three. I could be wrong. And is now back once again, clearly top on his game. Listen, I'm not as – and I know you, you sort of prefaced it that uh, Richard has. He's an interesting character. I believe that maybe he's got an axe to grind with Sanders. I just like to, as I said, you know, make other people seem like they can't find his rules. John right. Well, look, he's looking for a very legal. narrow. Yeah, he's not looking for a broad conversation. He's looking for a very narrow conversation. And I get it. Uh, I'm being told by my producer, right. Jacob, that uh, John Cena is a 16-time champion. I don't know if that's true or not. That seems well, a little high. You know, it depends on what you know, what championship you're talking about. There's right, intercontinental no tag team. I got Correct. you. I got you. Uh, I got gosh. you. All so, right, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. One eight hundred nine one nine. ESPN is the telephone number. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. So we got it all covered. We got the John Cena angle covered. We got everybody. We got everybody. Uh, let's see here. Who we got? Uh, we got uh, Eli is in Newark. Eli, what you got, my friend? Hey, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Eli. What's up? I asked, I asked the, uh, the gentleman who took the call. I said, did anyone uh, bring up uh, Jim Brown? And you oh, did. no. We brought Jim Brown's no. the first one. 
He's the first people, oh, okay. the first person people bring up. Yeah, I mean, he's a little oh, bit before my this. time. It's not. I don't really have the, yeah. the um, connection to him. But yes, yeah, but Jim I, Brown is the, yeah. the poster child for athletes who stepped away from their sport while excellent at the top of their game. And and he had a very nice landing spot. Became a Hollywood star. First movie was Hundred Rifles with Raquel Welch. I retired too. That's that's you know? a very that is a very good proposal to uh, to walk away. I got I got to do what I the heart wants what the heart wants, Eli. <laughs> he was in I say the Zebra, the Dirty Dozen. He did, he did a right one. Dirty stuff. Dozen, of course. But, Everybody uh, knows uh, the Dirty but, Dozen. But with Brady retiring and hopefully Roger too. Uh, it's just sometimes it's time to move on. The NFL going to be a good hand with all these young gun quarterbacks. Sometimes it's time to move on. Last thing I want to say, somebody asked Muhammad Ali once, why did you keep fighting, champ? When you retired, you might not have uh, contracted that Parkinson's. You know what he said? I guess I got uh, addicted to the applause. You know? Yeah, I, I, I would but, think that that's hey. – that, that's, I mean, we've seen – and Eli, thanks for the phone call. There's a lot of athletes and, and a far deeper conversation of guys who have hung around way too long. And they had to rip the jersey off of them. And and it's sad when those guys, you know, Willie Mays stumbling around in the outfield or you know, all-time greats who, who stick around way too long. That is a, uh, a much – and think about the life, right? You're, you're, the, you're the hero. You're a superstar. You're, everybody knows you. Why would you want to give that up if you don't have to? But Tom Brady, apparently, his family, he, he probably feels this way as well, 44 years old. He, he maybe doesn't feel good about necessarily retiring, but it's been a conversation for a while. He set out a specific goal that seemed laughable at the time of playing to the age of 45. He played to 44. He went to a different organization, won a Super Bowl the first year. Very well might be the MVP of the league this season. And uh, maybe it's just time. Maybe he feels satisfied that he's accomplished what he wanted to accomplish and he can walk out with his head held high. I, I don't think the Rodgers is going to retire. Rodgers is going to go someplace else. He's still he's still relatively young. What is he? Thirty eight, thirty nine, and and if Brady doesn't win the MVP, I think I'd have to take a look at what the odds are now. But I think the odds on favorite, the heavy odds on favorite, was Aaron Rodgers to win MVP. So I don't think Rodgers. I don't think is going to be back in Green Bay. That's pretty clear. The odds are overwhelmingly that he is going to be playing someplace else, be it Denver. I brought up Pittsburgh would be a perfect spot for him to land with a lot of talent, need a quarterback. Uh, but he's going to go someplace else. He's not going to retire. Is anybody hotter? I know all these different uh, shows have all the different segments on picks and this thing and that thing, and, and it's very entertaining. I find getting the picks right is really the big thing. That's, that's where my focus is. And has been throughout the season. We finished the season, what was it, eight games, nine games over 500? I'm not sure. We were over 500, right, Jacob? We were over 500 for the season. I think it was eight games over 500 for the year. Might have been more than that. Not sure. We'll have to – it's lost the history. There's no way to go back in time and, and, and find these things out. But I was definitely over 500. But in the playoffs, much like Tom Brady, excellent during the regular season, but in the playoffs, as long as I'm not facing the Giants or the Eagles, I have the will to take my game to a higher level. And that's where you really make your money. So wild card weekend, we were four and two. Last weekend, three and one. And looking to continue our just incredible job that we have done with our NFL picks. So let's have a little music. Do we have a little music for the pick segment? All right, we're getting that ready. I'm red hot during the playoffs, but not everything else is as, as it should be. But let's find out. 
who the picks are for this weekend in the NFL. It is championship weekend. And to me, the worst weekend of the NFL season. Because last weekend, I was sitting around in my pajamas watching football. This weekend, I replaced the Saturday football viewing portion with shoveling snow. And that is just a terrible trade. Ugh. And then the coat, my zipper on my coat, like the, the you know the zipper at the bottom when it gets separated? And then you, ha- you have to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger from 1984 to get that zipper down and get the thing. I couldn't do it. So now I have a coat in the closet with the zipper part, like, stuck. I had to pull it up over my head. It was a disaster. Disaster. Also, these snowblowers, why are they making it with three speeds on it? Who the hell is running on the snowblower? The snowblower, I have three speeds. I have one, two, and three. I said, let me, let me try two. See, maybe two is a good, I don't know. I'm not a snowblower expert. I'm a picking NFL games expert, but not a snow. I put it into two. It was like the Roadrunner cartoon where the thing is flying by and I'm just standing still. I was like Barney Rubble moving the feet, but the body still stayed in the same place. It was a mess. But I digress. It's time for our NFL picks for championship weekend in the NFL. And first up, tomorrow, 3 o'clock, Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs. Bengals getting seven and a half. The Chief, it seems clear cut what everyone thinks the Super Bowl is going to be. Everyone, everywhere, essential. Unless you're a Niners fan, unless you're a Bengals fan, it looks like Chiefs, Rams, Chiefs, the, the, the team of the moment, even though they did not win the Super Bowl last year, have won a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is clearly the best quarterback, all these type of things. But the Bengals come in as very live underdogs in my mind. Now, it's seven and a half, which is a big spread. But I will say this. I think that there is a lot of that feeling surrounding the Chiefs, especially not just the fact that they won the game last week, how sensational of a game it was, the back and forth, the overtime win, the performance of Mahomes, and just what he does. I, he's, just, he's just absolutely incredible. That the line here feels a little inflated. It feels a little high. Seven and a half, getting the hook. I feel like that Cincinnati will hold their own more than people expect. Now, that will probably require the Bengals to go out and get a turnover or two. That would be the great equalizer. That would be the thing that you're really looking for if you're, you're putting some money down on Cincinnati and hoping, not necessarily for a win, but for a cover. And that's really what we're all about here, is making sure we get the cover. Now, this is, not a popular, this is not a popular way of going about things. Most people feel like, you know what? If you like a team, you just pick the team and don't worry about the points. Just worry about making sure you get the game right. The spread doesn't really factor in as much. But I feel like that spread is really high, a little elevated, and I think the Bengals are going to be able to hold their own. I'm hoping that this is not going to be blowout city because that would that would kind of really derail the, the – it, when the score is 24-7, it's harder to convince the wife for me to stay inside and not have to go outside and do this thing or that thing. 
I'm looking for a nice close game. Sweetie, I have to watch the game. It's it's work. So give me the Bengals. Give me the points. And hope that the Bengals can pull this off. I don't, not necessarily a win, just just cover. I, I to be quite honest with you, I don't really want the Bengals to win. My brother-in-law, he's he's from Ohio. He's a big Bengals fan. And if, if people deserve, I mean, Bengal fans deserve it, right? I mean, when they win the, fir- the, the first playoff game they won, that was the first playoff win they had had in 31 years. The last time the Bengals, before that, the last time the Bengals won a playoff game, the post-game interview was done by O.J. Simpson. Uh, that tells you how long ago it's been since the Bengals had won a playoff game. Times have changed. A lot of things have changed in the world in that 31 years. So I'll take the Bengals and the points, seven and a half. I'd like it to be eight. I'm not going to get too greedy, but I think the Bengals, they show you something. They got a a puncher's chance, if you will, especially with that offense. All right, so then we move to uh, 630. We have the 49ers. We've got the Rams. At last check, I got to pull my phone up here. I like to get the, the accurate spread. Yes, still three and a half. Rams minus three and a half at home. Well, what the Niners have done has been miraculous part of me feels like it's because the Dolphins swapped draft picks with them so the the Niners are just going to keep on winning that pick is going to keep dropping down further and further and further and what the Niners have done is they've done it they've won games they've won playoff games without the quarterback really being a factor but at some point Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to make a play and I just don't I'm not confident that that's going to happen. I, 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 I liken Jimmy Garoppolo to the Jaws shark. The shark in Jaws is not there all the time. In fact, the, the shark is more alluded to. I think it's a pretty famous story now that the shark would keep breaking down during filming. So it forced them to shoot them. It forced Steven Spielberg to shoot the movie in a different way. So it just kind of alludes to the shark. And then... Looking back now, when you actually see the shark out of the water, as mechanical as it looks, it probably was the right thing. Didn't, with CGI being what it is nowadays, it does, I don't know if it stands the test. The movie stands the test of time. The actual shark itself, though, a bit of a problem. But what am I saying? I'm saying that I do not have confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo. So give me the Rams minus the three and a half. I was, I'm tempted to go with the Niners because I just love their toughness. I love the way they go. They, they're never out of a game. I know that Kyle Shanahan has owned Sean McVay in the past. I think it's six straight wins now, including at the end of the regular season this year. But I get the feeling this is the time. The, this is what the Rams have been built for. They have been built to go and win a Super Bowl. They did it before this year with the trade for for Matthew Stafford they did it during the year the goal is simple the mission is clear cut they have to go and win a Super Bowl and I'm gonna I don't really believe in Matthew Stafford at all as as much either but he has proven to me during the postseason he has made plays that throw he had to Cooper Cup last week and the fact that the Bucs were able to come back against the Rams really was not Stafford's fault per se So give me the Rams minus the three and a half. So Super Bowl 56, according to the Gordon Damer show, what everybody else said. I think the Chiefs will win but not cover. But the picks for this week, Bengals plus the points, Rams minus the points. And we'll see if we can keep this sterling record of seven and three rolling. 
towards Super Bowl 56. The big news, Tom Brady, according to Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington, will retire after 22 seasons in the NFL, 10 Super Bowl appearances, 7 Super Bowl wins, 5 Super Bowl MVPs. But maybe not so fast because now reports are of Brady's camp pushing back, saying that he's not made up his mind as of yet. So lots to, uh, to decipher there, lots to uh, dive into there in terms of Brady and his future, if he's going to be retiring, what it means for the league, all those type of things we've touched on. We've touched on the Knicks. We've gotten into the, the Giants with the, the new head coach. Everybody now is on board. It's amazing how quickly the, uh, the amount of Giant fans that I had to listen to all year long complain about every single thing. And I get it. The team was terrible. But ownership is this and ownership is that. And then ownership goes out and does exactly what you would have thought they would have done. Well, they didn't hire somebody from within the organization. They couldn't have sold that to the fans if they had hired somebody from within the organization. They couldn't have sold keeping Joe Judge. It was was, uh, uh, clear as the nose on your face that they were going to have to move on from Joe Judge. There was no way they could bring him back. Did you see the crowd at the final game of the season? There was no way they were going to bring him back. So they go out and they conduct a search like people want. And, and, and hopefully this is the right process that they felt. They followed the right process. They didn't to put their, their, their fingers on the scale to tip it in their favor. And maybe there will be better results. Couldn't be much worse results. That's for sure. Joe Shane can't be worse than the last general manager. He, he might be bad. He might not be good. I don't know. But he can't be worse. It would be almost impossible to be worse. And now Brian Dable is the new head coach. I would think that he's going to be better than the last three guys. Well, maybe not the first year of McAdoo, but from the last five years for sure, he's got to be better than – almost have to be. could fall into more wins than the Giants have had here. But it's amazing how the, the, the fan base that has been talking about how the Giants, oh, they, they've, they've betrayed our trust, they can't trust the ownership. They go out and do the most obvious things, right? The first guy they interviewed for the GM. Oh, look at that. It just so happens he's the guy they're going to hire. The first guy that they, they, they were interviewing, the, 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 the odds-on favorite from jump to become the next head coach, the only offensive coach that they interviewed during the entire process. Just so happens he's going to be the coach. What a shocker. So we've been touching on that, and uh, I still have some thoughts on the Baseball Hall of Fame because the, the amount of hypocrisy. Oh, my God. The, uh, it's amazing. So we have to touch on that, too. But it is a Saturday. And there's Saturday staples of the show. And one of them on our show is we do what is called the polar opposite of power rankings. All season long, we have focused in on the worst there is. I like to refer to it as our weekly deep dive into the worst the NFL has to offer. And we call it our polar opposite of power rankings, which the acronym, of course, is poop rankings. Now, we do it during the regular season because we have all the bad. Now, the bad teams haven't been playing because it's the playoffs. But that does not stop us from having our polar opposite of power rankings. So let's find out for the now conference championship weekend, who is the worst that there is in the NFL? We probably should have, like, Benny Hill music for these teams, but we'll go with the NFL music. It only makes sense. Very ominous. Number five. Yes, you know them. You love them. You love watching them lose as much as I do. They are the Dallas Cowboys. It's always a great sign that almost, right, like two full weeks after your season ends, 
that all of a sudden there are reports, oh, yeah, we're going to be bringing back our head coach. Yeah, that sounds like a resounding vote of confidence. And that's what happened this week. All of a sudden, with the Sean Payton news and just the way that the Cowboys season ended, there was some ambiguity about what was going to happen with Mike McCarthy as the head coach. But Dan Quinn turning down offers to become a head coach elsewhere. He had interviewed for other places. There's still the possibility, I guess, that Kellen Moore could go. Although Jerry Jones is very confident Kellen Moore will be back as offensive coordinator, although the Dolphins, they're under the impression they're going to interview Kellen Moore a second time. But the Cowboys are bringing the band back together. That seems like a great idea. And here's the thing. Because they had a, they had a, a, a good season. They, they won their, their division. They made the play. They didn't win a playoff game. It's not what the goal is for the Dallas Cowboys. And that's the thing. They did not come close to their goal. Now, they almost tied the 49ers. But that was wild card weekend. The goal for the Cowboys is to win a Super Bowl. Their window of opportunity is now, and if anything, that window is closing rather than opening. It's been as open as it can be. And now it's starting to diminish because now you're paying Dak all the money. You're going to have to make some real decisions on the roster and all those type of things. So what you're saying is by bringing the band all back together and the coaching staff, which was clearly a disaster. I mean, they were a disaster during that game. Mike McCarthy was a disaster during that game. Is that not only do you think that they will win a playoff game next year, if you don't win a playoff game, oh, oh, that is just, there's no question that Mike McCarthy will be out after that. But what you're saying is it's going to all come together. You're not just going to win a playoff game. You're going to go on a playoff run. And that seems... Just winning a playoff game seems kind of unlikely with the way the, the, the performance they put up this year. But I guess you could at least keep open an open mind to a certain degree. But to think that now this this regime is going to go on a playoff run and you're going to make a Super Bowl, you're going to win a Super Bowl, boy, that seems far-fetched. So for those reasons, and so many others, the Cowboys, you are number five in our divisional round, excuse me, our championship round of the polar opposite of power rankings. Yep, there we go. Uh, okay, moving on, number four. And these are weekly rankings. And someone brought up this team last week, and we did, not, we did not mention them because they did not play, because they did not make the playoffs. And that would be the Indianapolis Colts. But what's interesting about the Indianapolis Colts is it seems out of nowhere that Jim Ursay, the owner, is starting to realize, you know, that Carson Wentz trade, that, that, that might have been a mistake. He tweeted out, during last week's playoff action, quote, you can see clear as day in the final eight NFL playoff teams, you need a quarterback and offense who can score 30 or more in regulation and a defense that can hold an opponent under 30, exclamation mark. Do you say exclamation mark or exclamation point? Doesn't really matter. I like how he's tweeting this out like we don't know this. Now, we don't own NFL teams, but we, yeah, no, we, we know. Yeah, you have to have a really good offense and you have to have a defense that at least can, can kind of hold things down and get some stops at some point. This is not information that we did not already have, Mr. Ursay Jr. And, of course, maybe this is just regrets now because in Carson Wentz's final week, they, he had 180 yards passing, uh, a completion percentage under 60%, and an interception and one touchdown against literally – the worst team in the NFL this past season. And in a week where all the Colts had to do was win a game against the worst team 
in the NFL, and they weren't able to do that. So Jim Irsay, for those reasons, the Indianapolis Colts, number four, on the polar opposite of power rankings. Now, for our next entry, I believe this is the first time that this has ever happened. Number three on our polar opposite of power rankings, which I, I got to be honest with you, it was a little tough to find stuff because the two top teams, they are just so strong, and I wanted to save as much time as possible for them. But this is the first time I think we've had an individual player entry. And number three would be Antonio Brown. Now, you might be saying, wait a second, Gordon. How can a player make a list? This is a list of teams. Did you see his interview on Real Sports? If you've not, I, I, I have to be honest. Real Sports used to be a staple for me. It's not been as much a staple recently, but I did catch it this past week. And... Uh, it was almost like riding a bull where I, there's only so much of Antonio Brown I could take. And the fact that the Bucks lasted along with him is, po- oh, he is exhausting. Absolutely exhausting. But apparently now he's threatening to sue the Buccaneers after getting cut from the team. Uh, his lawyer alleges that the Bucks offered Antonio Brown payment for Brown to, quote, basically sit on the sidelines, go on some list, and commit himself to some form of intensive mel- mental health treatment. You make it sound like that's the, the, the wrong course of action. Uh, that seems like a nice thing for them to do. Because that seems like what he kind of needs. Because the dude's completely unstable. There's been more than enough evidence of this. Never mind the fact that he's trotting off the field, shirtless, ripping off his jersey and everything else. That, that was like the last. But th- there's, lo- there's a long list. The internet is just filled as, mu- as vast as the internet is. It's almost not large enough to, to, to handle all the different things that Antonio Brown had. And I like his, his lawyer said all options are on the table. Yeah, lawsuit. That's the option. I mean, what other options are you? A Nerf war? What are we going to going to play Twister? Uh, the, the option is you're going to sue. So go ahead, uh, sue. <laughs> I, that, I'd like to go into bring Antonio Brown into court if that's what you're threatening and alleging. See how that works out. I'm sure it'll work out great. I'm sure. Uh, no, no, no. You got it. You got it. So for those reasons, Antonio Brown, number three, on the polar opposite. Of power. All right, number two. There can't be. A, I'm sorry. There can't be a week without the Dolphins on the polar opposite of power. Right. Remember. Do you remember when they fired Brian Flores and everybody was shocked because they finally found a halfway decent head coach and they fired him after he had another winning season? And the, 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 one of the reactions was, well, they must have something waiting in the wings. This is a sign that they're going to get Jim Harbaugh. You don't – a professional football organization, a, a football team, does not, a billion-dollar company does not fire a successful coach without having something else already lined up. You just don't do that. Narrator voice, they had nothing lined up. They still have nothing lined up. They're st- I think they're still in a meeting room someplace waiting for Brian Dable to show up for a second interview. <laughs> Newsflash, guys, he's on the Giants now. He's not, he's, not, he's not going to Miami. And think about what that really means. Brian Dable, the reason why my – and this is just weird. Miami had him as their offensive coordinator and fired him after one season, and now they want to bring him in as the, co- as the head coach. And that didn't work. And think about it. He would rather go to a Giants team that is the worst, statistically the one of the worst teams in the NFL over the last five years. No quarterback. Don't know what that situation is going to be. Rather, 
then live in Miami, no state tax, and a quarterback who he was the offensive coordinator for while in Alabama. That tells you all you really know, need to know about the, the quarterback that the, uh, the Dolphins have. But Dolphin Twitter, I know that this is, is kind of out there for most people because why would you pay attention to that? And I, sometimes I regret paying attention to it myself. They're under the impression, well, you know, the Dolphins didn't really want Brian Dable. They, they, they're smarter than the crowd. They know what they're looking for. The Dolphins are not smarter than the crowd. The Dolphins are dumber than the crowd. The Dolphins are so dumb, they can't find the crowd. They're walking around looking for the crowd, and they can't find it. There's one uh, pro football network who tweeted out, ultimately Brian Dable didn't want to leave New York. The new coach of the Giants has owned a home in the Buffalo area for several years and doesn't have to relocate his family very far. Do people not realize how far Buffalo is from East Rutherford? <laughs> what do you think, he's gassing up the car <laughs> and driving from Buffalo to MetLife? Upstate New York, where the, the Bills play, is nowhere close to East Rutherford. It's like six hours drive on a good day. The location of where the Bills are, and he hasn't even been with the Bills that long. He's been like with the Bills for three years. He's going to have to relocate. He's going to have to relocate. And just before we run out of time, nobody who has any options in terms of head coaches will work for the Dolphins. If you have nothing else, and this is your only chance to become a head coach, you'll, you'll, you might take it. But that's the only teams that, that, that's the only people who would be interested in that job if you have no other options of coaching in the NFL. Uh, and then, of course, number one on the polar opposite of power rankings, the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know them, you love them. And, and this week, sorry, this week Urban Meyer spoke about his time as the uh, head coach. And this is also going to come as a shock. It was the worst experience I've had in my professional life. Isn't that surprising? Huh? Did not, wouldn't have seen that. And it just, it's amazing. He, had, he talked with uh, Dan Dakich, Dakich, is it? Dakich on his podcast about his time in Jacksonville. And it was just amazing how all these things that were abundantly clear or should have been abundantly clear to him weren't. Like, he, he was talking about, well, you know, you'd, you'd spend so much time recruiting in college, and, and you don't do that in the pros. Yes, you don't do that in the pros, right. How did you not know that this was very, very odd? And that situation in Jacksonville, as bad as the, the Dolphin job is, Jacksonville might be worse. Trent Balky, who the, the Jags are apparently sticking with as their GM, in his last five years running front offices, he has fired five straight head coaches. That is, you talk about records that will never be touched. That's amazing. That's amazing. And for anyone taking over that job, it's kind of amazing as well. They've dropped, drafted in the top ten the last three years, and they probably still, to this day, have the worst roster in the NFL. That's hard to do. They've had 21 draft picks over the last two years. So for all the time we talk about it, it's perfect with Tom Brady, a sixth-round pick becoming the, the greatest quarterback of all time. Here's the Jaguars, number one pick, number one pick, number Can't get out of their own way. So for those reasons and so many others, the Jacksonville Jaguars, you are number one on the polar opposite of power rankings. All right, so that's going to do it. It is 98.7 FM ESPN. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN.